All right, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the Build Show podcast. That's right, my weekly time to get together with you guys and go a little deeper. You know, YouTube only gives us so much time, although, to be frank, we do have some crazy long videos out there on YouTube. But this is my time to get together and spend 30 minutes with you talking very specifically uh, with some experts on uh, all kinds of different topics. But today's topic is a part two of what we did part one, which is what is the future of our industry? What is the future of high performance building? And even what's the future of Build Show Network? I've got with me my old friend, Steve Basic, a legend in our industry. And we're gonna talk about what we're doing uh, or what we will be doing over the next five, 10 years. Uh, plus, what are the production builders going to be doing over the next couple of years? It's going to be a really good episode, guys. From the Rockwell Studios in Austin, Texas, let's get going. Hey, guys, quick plug for our podcast sponsor, Huber Engineered Woods. These guys are the makers of zip system sheathing and Advantech decking, both of which I've used for a long time. Gosh, I switched to Advantech decking way, way long before really there was the build show. I think I probably started using them about 2006 or seven after I had an issue with, with a more standard or commodity product. I've never gone back again. It's been an amazing system. Uh, and now they have things like a squeak-free guarantee if you use Advantech and their glue. And then when it comes to zip system sheathing, you know, honestly, when this first came onto the market, I was a bit of a detractor. I did not think that this was a quality product that I should be using. But after seeing the testing that was done really like a mile from here at the University of Texas Construction Durability Lab and seeing how other products that were intended to do water and air proofing on the outside of a house fared at that durability lab, I really was convinced that, man, this, this Zip product incredibly well thought out. All the uh, components that go along with it are engineered perfectly. And really this is a bomber, bomber product. And if you watched any of the videos, I used it on my house exclusively. All of the exterior of my house was all zip system sheathing uh, and roof decking as well. So with that being said, big thanks to Huber uh, who makes amazing products. And let's get back to today's podcast. All right, Steve, back for part two now. Love it. We talked past and what we were both doing 20 plus years ago. We talked a little bit about kind of what our present builds look like. Let's talk about the future. What does the future hold uh, for a well-built house? What do you think you and I will be doing uh, and our builder friends in the next 10, let's say in 10 years from now or over the next 10 years? And I'm curious of, of your thoughts, like uh, in the last 20 years, it's always been, oh, within the next five years, we're always going to we're all going to be panelized or we're all going to be ordering on our wall sections and, and assembling them in three days and moving clients in two weeks later. Uh, or recently, I feel like there's been a lot of talk of, oh, we're all going to be doing CLT uh, in the next five years. But it's somehow always five years or so away. Yeah, it, it's and it's it's funny because people sit there now and I, you know, we go on. These different, I, I go on these different shows, um, virtual formats and stuff where these groups get together and talk about Passive House or this and that. And it's the same conversations we have build, building Science Corporation in the late 90s. Uh -huh. It's like the, 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 the time has changed, but the discussion hasn't. Yeah. So it just perpetualizes 
Um, and it's and it's really interesting, you know. I always when people ask me, "What do you think about the future of building?" I always go to this one quote. And I forget it, what exactly how it goes, but it's basically you can't solve a problem by the means that created the problem, <laughs> right? So if we're looking to for builders or the building community to solve the problem of how do we build or panelize a house. It's it's the wrong community to solve that problem because we created the problem. We can't we can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. And I've always said that the only way we're going to solve that is when you get a company like Toyota or somebody that comes in and says, we're going to make cars, but we're going to start making houses. <laughs> and then they're going to fit because they're going to bring a different mindset. level of, of mindset and yeah. a different level of innovation yeah. that they're going to start questioning things like, why are you using wood? Why yeah. not use this material? Yeah, that's right. It's smaller. Why are you using that insulation when you could be using this? It ships lighter. It works better, et cetera, et cetera. That's I mean, look, look at the car industry. Right, it's 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 really interesting. If you look at a car that was built in, in I don't know when the first Model T, nineteen fifteen. I or love something, this analogy. This is a, right? keep going on this. And then you look at a car on a lot today. Mm-hmm. All right, drive down a New England neighborhood, look at a house that was built in nineteen eighteen or eighteen fifty, and then look at a house that was built today. Mm-hmm. They're damn near the same thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a little technology yeah. difference, but. It's it's totally it's a different engine. It's a different transmission. The whole concept behind the car, the luxury of it, all of that stuff. That and, that particular uh, thing drives me crazy about our industry. Uh, and here's my quick story about that. When I started in the business in 1995, I worked for a big national production builder. The exact same house, with maybe one percent different changes, is being built today. 20 minutes from here in Austin, Texas. Same exact components, same thermoply, same crappy double pane vinyl windows, same attic insulation strategy. Maybe they've spent a little bit more time air sealing because they've figured out if we block behind the tub, we can get better insulation and air mm-hmm. sealing. But for the most part, 99%, same house 1995 to 2022. That drives me insane. We would do building investigations. And and like as we're leaving, we drive down the street and they're building the same damn house we just investigated. Mm-hmm. And and it's like it's crazy. Why, why are you doing that? Why? So so you're I think you and I are on the same page in this. The future isn't necessarily um, a system, a SIPS manufacturer, a panelized manufacturer, although certainly that could be. Uh, I just don't see that promise necessarily coming together. So then what is the future? What are we going to be doing in 10 years? Do you think we're going to be doing kind of what we're doing today, but we're going to see it on a more mass adoption scale? Or do you think that there's going to be a a different system that custom builders and architects like you are working with 10 years from now? Yeah, I mean, I think our houses, you know, one, one of the things that we've probably done successfully in, say, the last 15 years is we've accumulated a lot of data. 
right? When, when Joe came across the border and brought his information, he basically said, hey, do this. And when people said why, he didn't have a spreadsheet or something to go back to, mm-hmm. right? He just said you need to be able to build airtight homes because air leakage is probably more important than the R value of the wall yeah. for and a number of reasons. And that's so hard for people to and wrap And it their is brain so around. hard because when you talk about, hey, let's build a really efficient wall, the minute you say that, people go, well, I build an R32 wall. It's like if you're talking R value, then you really don't understand how you to build an it. efficient home. No. Uh, efficient home. So we, we need that, that level of education. And I, I think the education is probably the, the biggest, biggest proponent of our next 20 years. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, having the Build Show Network, that's a rocket booster to the industry. Yeah. And, and saying, hey, here's what people are thinking about. And, and I think we're slowly seeing it, but I, we need to see more of the industry get engaged in the discussion. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are afraid to, to have a discussion. Yep. There's a lot of people that are afraid to talk about their mistakes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that just inherently have a bunch of fears that they don't feel like they can engage in this construction in, yeah. in this discussion. Yeah. And I get people all the time messaging. I, I can't even imagine what your phone is because mine blows up all the time. Of people saying, "Hey, Steve, can I just call you for a quick second? Can I have this? <laughs> you know, I have this. Can or or the, can I send you a detail? Can you just give me your opinion on this?" And I, I get those all the time. I do too. And I also get the people that say, "Yeah, I'm really not smart enough to understand what you say." It's like, no, you are smart. We're all on a learning curve. We're mm-hmm. just in a different seat. Yep. Right. Some That's of right. us know a little bit more than others, but it doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you haven't had that experience yet. Yeah. And what's really interesting that I've come to terms with here in just the last couple of years with Lexi joining me, Lexi brings a whole different education to my architectural career mm-hmm. that I don't know about. Yep. Like she's doing these renderings and stuff. I don't even know how to turn Lumion on and I couldn't manipulate a model in there. <laughs> I have to get her to do it. But it just shows that, like, even if you think you're a smart person, like, you, I, I had a carpenter, um, I don't know, this was probably like three months ago. I hung up on him on a phone. I have very rarely done that. But this guy started going off the rails on me. I've been doing this 35 years. And then when I said, you know, you've been doing it for 35 years the wrong way, he didn't really, he took <laughs> exception like that. to that. And then he went really off the rails on me. And it's like, I can't have a professional discussion. And I was really good about it. I just said, I can't have a professional discussion with you. So I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna hang up. And then when he started dropping F-bombs and stuff, I'm like, no, that's that's, that's, we're, we're done. We're done. Nah. And now the homeowner's like messaging me and saying, hey, you know, can I have a couple of questions. So I'm like, no, I go ask Mr. 35 years. I'm sure he's got the answer for you. He seemed to have all the answers. <laughs> so it's it, it's hard that, you know, you, you really have to be open-minded. I'll yeah. have a discussion with anybody yeah you could be a carpenter for two weeks let's have a discussion because what i'm fascinated in is how do you view the profession mm-hmm. have being a carpenter for two weeks yep. there's something for me to learn in that discussion and it's in you know it's it's a little harder now in my career because i i get to do some exciting projects but in my younger days i would like take on every project like people are like why are you doing a garage well, because there's something about that builder, the way he operates, and there's something to be learned from that experience. And there's a takeaway there. I don't know exactly what it is. I just know there is. So 
I'm going to do that project with them, even though it's a garage. And then, you know, two years later, I'm doing a million dollar pool house with that guy. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. So there, there's all kinds of uh, levels of intervention with the building community. That's a huge benefit. We just need to keep talking. That's right. And 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 having that conversation, and we'll all get better for it. And that's why I have become the builder that I am today is by guys like you. Uh, and for instance, your our mutual friend, Jake Bruton, I very much remember the first time I saw an article written by both of you, I think it was JLC. Yep. And I, I wanna say it was an air sealing article yep. from five or six years ago. And it was like a light bulb went off uh, in my mind where I, Number one, I was starting to really understand the value of air sealing, and I was still I was still in the waterproofing and high insulation camp, <laughs> and trying to wrap my personal brain around now what is this about air sealing and why is it so important and what are the problems if you don't air seal, and also I was trying to figure out well I can air seal on the inside with all these other methods, and I think the article that you guys wrote about was talking about how you were using Huber Zip system, and liquid flash and tape. Or maybe not even liquid flash at that time. It might have just been tape. It might have been just big tape on it. Might have just project. been tape to achieve blower door scores that I thought weren't even possible. Or or were just so far out of the realm of what I'd experienced with my blower doors that I was like, this is crazy. How are they doing this? Yeah. And you guys were willing to write an article and share all of these quote unquote secrets with the world. I would say what you're building today, Steve, and now that I'm building that way as well, what we're building together is really what people are going to be doing on a more regular basis in 10 years. And we're seeing it adopted more and more. And I built my house uh, using a lot of your details that I'd seen you use. And you were kind enough to help me work through some of those. Some of those details, I think, are going to be incredibly common uh, as uh, the coming years come together. And we're starting to see more builders adopt those, uh, like, for instance, our mutual friend, High Cotton Homes, uh, you know, he's doing well, those. you might call him a friend, but <laughs> hey, he's probably listening right now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, Will like King well. out of Alabama, you know, he's in a similar market in some respects to Jake Bruton, who's building yep. in Missouri. And one of the things I thought was so cool about uh, Jake when I first met him, now I know him, uh, he's not as cool, but when I first met him and you guys, I thought, well, that's crazy. He's building such a high performance house. And it's not like he's in some high dollar metro area no. that's, you know, he's regularly doing $3 million houses. No, Jake, especially when I read that article a couple of years ago, was regularly doing houses in the few hundred thousand dollar total price point. Uh, and then one of the first times I went and visited him, I, I visited you and him. Uh, building that house in, in uh, kind of some f rural farm property. Yep. It, the, it was the first time I'd seen your ceiling air ceiling detail where you had a traditional vented roof system and you were using the ceiling drywall as your air barrier, wrapping that down to your zip system sheathing on the outside and keeping that continuity of air barrier. And that house, uh, you know, prices have changed, but that house a couple of years ago was probably well under 200 a square foot to build. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe in the 150 to 190 mm -hmm. a square foot range because the details were smart, the materials were not exotic. Right. And I think that's really the future for us in this country is being smart about the details, changing some of the way we do things, but not going to exotic. Uh, you have to buy this from Latvia or you have to import this from overseas. 
being able to take what's available at the local supply houses, maybe with a couple of exceptions, and putting that together to dramatically different results. I'm going to give you one of my favorite quotes. So occasionally people say, hey, what do you think? What are, you know, Hey, what do you think about this system? What do you think about that system? I say, listen, in, the, in, in, in America, we've been building for well over 300 years with wood, and we still haven't figured it out. Right. So, well, we don't need to change. We need to figure it out. We just need to build better. There's a lot of low hanging fruit that a lot of builders and architects just don't care about. And, 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 you know, we we could talk about builders. I'm going to beat up on architects a little bit, but so many architects just sit there and they drop a set of plans. And when it comes to the decisions of air sailing or insulation, they say, oh, the builder will just whatever he uses. Right. Whatever he does. Oh, spray foam. Yeah, just fill the wall with spray foam where we'll be fine because they want to get on to the next project Mm -hmm. and they don't want to be tied into these details. But you you really, as an architect, you need to imagine. Let me give you this challenge to the architecture, residential architecture profession. Imagine a world where our buildings performed as good as they look. Mm -hmm. Right. We have all of this emphasis on how does it look? And so little emphasis on how does it perform. Totally. And if those were parallel thoughts in the design process, we'd be in a far better place. Yep. Because the, 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 the reality is architects get the first integration with the client. Mm-hmm. And most of my clients highly trust me because that they come to me. But, but as an architect, like it's your job to educate them, not... You know, they don't, I don't know how to explain this. So so many of my jobs years ago were coming from a builder that he would get a set of drawings from an architect. He would bid it and then be like, oh, yeah, this is $1.2 million. And homeowner's like, well, we got like 700K. And Jim would be like, well, there's, they're like, well, what can we do to change? He's like, you don't change a set of plans and drop 500K. Uh Right, you have to redesign it, and so we would get all these projects where I would just be redesigning other people's projects because the architect never even asked for a budget. Yep. Imagine that, like you sit down with a client and say, "Oh, I want to build a new house," and you never ask, like, What's your "Do you budget? have a budget?" And and I always use the 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 question of, "Do you have a number that scares you?" Because they lie when they if you ask for a budget number, but the scares you that's a hard number to lie mm-hmm. about because that's that's a true number. Um, the budget number is still one that's scalable. Yeah, um, but uh, that's but, a great that's a great uh, nugget of wisdom in the middle of this podcast. Yeah. FYI, but um, but imagine a world where you know architects started designing buildings that perform as good as they look, and then had a conversation with the builder as a team collaborator, and actually built the house to be as good as it looks. Yeah. I mean, there are a ton of extremely talented people. I mean, I, I've worked with some carpenters. They they put three pieces of wood together and you're like, God damn, that's artwork. Mm. Like putting that molding together. Yep. And and there's there's framers out there, right, that are doing the same thing. Sure. They frame a four thousand square foot house like it's furniture. That's true. And but imagine if we cared about the performance as much as we cared about that precise accuracy of those framing members. That's right, of those miter cuts on those the base. Those miter cuts on the base <laughs> and, and all of that, then we're really doing the industry a service yeah. by getting into that mentality. So the the future, I think, is is it's not so much 
changing materials. I mean, the as far as I can see, Lexi, when my daughter, who's in her early 20s, when she's in her 60s, they're still going to be having a conversation about should we panelize construction or not. That that yep. that's perpetual yep. conversation. But I think in the in the, at least the immediate future of the next 10, 20 years is going to be our understanding of how can we build better, better collaboration amongst all the members. Um, manufacturers are out there. I mean, I, I have manufacturers coming out to my job site and having discussions about materials and how we install things. They want the feedback of, you know, does does that roller work or, you know, is that tape? I mean, they went to the roller, they went to the roller with Z, and I'm talking about Huber, because they were getting feedback that guys weren't rolling the tape. Mm -hmm. So how do we improve the quality control? Well, if you go back to them, we can solve those problems. Such a genius little uh, device. Yeah, a and it's a visual. A on it. Exactly. You don't even have to do anything. You just walk up, you see the little indentations, you know it got rolled. Yeah. Um, but if you asked probably half of the building community, architects and builders, why do you roll the tape? They don't know. Mm -mm. Right? They don't know why it needs to be rolled. They think, hey, you just stick it on the wall. It's tape. It sticks. And actually, while we're on the podcast, not everyone listening knows why. Will you give us the science behind well, this, why we roll well, it? Well, I'll tell you to go watch the video because I did a whole video on wetting the tape mm -hmm. and why a pressure-sensitive adhesive needs to be rolled. Yep. And there's, there's, you know, the, the gentleman that I learned that from, I was I was in a fishing boat actually with him for about eight hours. This is a guy with three PhDs that devoted his life to pressure sensitive adhesive. How about that? He's the guy that invented the, basically, or developed the zip tape. That's so cool. And and his whole life is around why that tape. So it, it was exciting and a little weird to have a day-long conversation with somebody about tape. That's pretty awesome. But it is, you, at the end of the day, you walk out and go, yeah, that was a little weird talking about tape all day, but man, did I, this guy give me a bunch of information <laughs> on why it works. And That's it was awesome. everything from wrapping presents to wrapping a house with tape. Mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, he, he was very much like Joe Stebrick in that, he explained it in such a way that it made sense. He didn't. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to get into, you know, equations and stuff. But he he made it so that wrapping a present and wrapping a house are the same technology. Yep. It's it is exactly the same thing. It's just a different product. Yeah. And th those conversations matter. And I think that's where we're going. The this is kind of a side note, but the light bulb moment for me uh, about Huber zip tape. It is a bomber tape, but one of the secret sauces of it is that the substrate is also the perfect substrate for it. So that green or brown facer on your Huber Zip is just as engineered as the tape to be the perfect thing for that tape to stick yeah. to. And when I thought about that, I don't even remember who told me that. It's been years ago. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, right? You know, this is the engineered perfect substrate for this engineered bomber tape. Oh, the together that makes the per oh that makes a lot of sense. And for all of you out there in the building industry, there's a reason why it's called the zip system. That's right. On their boards, not, not just the product, not the zip zip structural panel. Yeah. it's the system. The system because the tape is engineered for that facing and to do you, a very specific job. And when you roll it, it is a bomber tape that sticks tenaciously cannot, for many, many generations. I think you know it. My first, my first um, use of uh, 
Zip was, it was literally a couple months after it came out. We were doing my, it was my first passive house. And I was like, hey, this green panel, tape up the box. We should be able to get this airtight. Everything started, the stars started to align, but I was still skeptical about it. I took two pieces of zip, taped them together. I threw them out of my wood pile. They're I, still out there in my backyard. Next time you come up the house, we'll I've go back there. I've seen your Instagram posts of this and, picture, uh, but I've not seen the that actual. That tape is damn near like it was installed yesterday. And it's sitting out and 10 it's years sitting later. Out, yeah, we're probably in year 12, close to year 12. Golly. It's been awesome. iced over, frozen, rained on, full 100% exposure. Dang. And that tape is not challenged one bit. That's amazing. I mean, that's, so, what, got, that's what got me too, was seeing that same exact Exact, um, kind of scenario, but at the UT Durability Lab, where it had been sitting in the Texas sun for years, and everyone else's uh, house wrap tape, whatever, was shredded by the UV, and yet that that product had been faded after six, seven years in the sun, but otherwise still perfectly stuck and perfectly um, doing its job years later. We need to wrap it up, Steve. Thank you so much for spending the time with me here in Austin. Man, it's always a treat to come down and chat with you. Uh, we didn't get into the future of Build Show Network, but I could tell you that the present and the future is bright, my friends. And I'm super, super thankful to have Steve Basic and our colleagues shooting videos on their job site, sharing uh, their um, their successes, also sharing their, their losses, uh, and being willing to tell you, uh, our listeners of the podcast and our watchers on Build Show Network, uh, their secrets. They're under the cover. And that's what separates, I think, us from some of the other sources out there. And I would tell you, if you're not following Steve on Build Show Network and you're not following him on Instagram, you are losing out because this is a guy who's been sharing all his details. He gets in with Big Red, his Sharpie, uh, marks up details and shows you how he came up with those details. So go watch Steve on Build Show Network. Go subscribe to his Unbuild It podcast that he does with uh, Jake and Peter. And definitely go follow him on Instagram at Stephen Basic Architect. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Otherwise, we'll see you next time on the Build Show podcast.